0: following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you, staff, for putting me behind that. I really appreciate that. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Come on, dads. We're glad to have you today. It's an honor. Wow. You know, we all feel soft and gooey and precious when it's Mother's Day and today we're trying to get y'all to growl. I don't know what that's all about, but I do appreciate men, fathers, who take their, their families to church, I love that. I, I think it's just an awesome thing, and I think there's been a revival of dads in America to step up and step out and be the leader of the home. And I think that's important. I think that's very special. What a joy to have you today. It's an honor. I got something real special I want to show you today. Uh, I'm I'm a grandpa for the eighth time. Four boys, four girls. God's even up with me. And little Jennings. Jennings, are you here? There you are, baby. Y'all got to see my newest little grandbaby. You got to see her. Eight pounds and five ounces. This is her. I hate to say this, but she looks a whole lot like me. And the other grandpa, Jaren's father said, looks like us. So uh, he said us, I said me, but what a joy. I love this baby girl. She's named, her name is Jennings and we love her very, very much. She's special. And uh, Kate's third, Jaren's third. Jaren, you're right back there. There's the Papa right there. You know. You know, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing, these, these grandkids, because when you're daughters, you know, we, we had daughters and all three of them married. Mm. But, when they produce these, they're the greatest son-in-laws in all the world. And uh, Brad and Cass have three, Jaron and Kate have three, and and, and Damon and, and Misty have two two big old boys. And... We're so, that, that boy that was running around delivering the gifts, he's one of my grandsons. And uh, I love my kids. I love them very, very much. And I'm proud to introduce my newest grandbaby to you today. I, I, I thought it was cool when I went to see Kate in the hospital, I, I went over Wednesday night after church. The baby was born on a Tuesday. Thank you, baby. The baby was born on a Tuesday. And I went over Wednesday night after church and the baby was in the, in the bassinet right there beside her. And I said, baby, I'm, I'm surprised you're not holding the baby. She said, dad, when Finley was born, I held him all the time. And then when Lennon came along, she said, some of the time. And she said, dad, Jennings is all right, right there. Okay. (laughs) Poor third children, (laughs) poor third children. Last week, I dedicated 36 babies next door in third service. That's a whole lot of children. And we have some of those moms and dads here today with those babies and we salute you, so let's clap our hands for all those babies we introduced them last week. Wow. I love children. I love kids, and uh, Patty and I still regret that we didn't have another child, another child, because uh, we just think it'd be cool to have somebody right now in their late 20s or whatever, you know, and, uh, and, and, and cool enough to keep me cool, you know what I'm saying, and uh, my daughters this morning, I asked them how I looked and they said, dad, uh, all right, you look okay. <laughs> the one I just introduced works for Stitch Fix and she sends me clothes from time to time and tries to make me look cool and, and uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm a throwback. I have that throwback mentality and I, I think a pastor ought to look a certain way like tuck a shirt tail in and all that kind of stuff and wear a tie. and they're getting me out of that and I'm not losing out with God. I'm just trying to get radical with my kids, all right? I'm trying to let them understand that I still got a little bit of hip and a hop in my step. I don't think they believe it though. Would you stand to your feet, you're incredible people, I love you. I will not hold you long, I promise that, but it is such an honor to speak to you on this beautiful, beautiful Father's Day, and I love being a father. I wanna pay tribute to my dad. I buried him eight years ago in January. He died the last day of 2010. And I miss my pop today. I wish all of you could have met him. He was a class man. He really was. Dignified. World War II veteran. Left school in his junior year. His mother signed for him. He was 17 years old and went into the war and stayed and fought in the Philippines. He's in the Navy. And dad never talked a whole lot about it. He was a silent hero. He was a quiet man. But what a gentleman, what a man that taught me how to do the right things the right way. And so I honor you, Pop. Uh, I know where you are, and uh, I'm sorry. But he was good. Would you all give my dad a hand clap? He was just a, a good man. He was a good man. Wow. Didn't mean for that to happen. Forgive me. I'm sorry. All right. We're in a, we're in a series, and we're, con- we're concluding it today, called Sand and Stars and and I, I'm going to wrap this up today. It's been a wonderful, wonderful series. Brad opened it up. In fact, last month, we did two, two of the series uh, last month, and then, uh, I mean, one of the series last month, then one this month, and then, uh, and then Russ preached last week. How many of y'all enjoyed Pastor Russ Cripps last Sunday? Wasn't he good? He was good. He's one of, he's one of your pups that we sent out of here, and now he's a, he's a big old grown dog, and he's doing well over there. and in Baton Rouge in LSU country. And uh, I'll tell you his story one day, what a beautiful story the man has in his life. But today we're on the fourth part of Sand and Stars and I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, I'm gonna help the pastor and you may be seated. If you're a guest today, we honor you. God bless you, you may be seated. A pastor said his son gave him a paper which read to the man who has inspired me with his fatherly wisdom. And the pastor looked at his son and said, son, I didn't know you felt that way about me and his son said, I don't dad, can you fax this to Dr. James Dobson? It's good to be a man, isn't it guys? It's good to be a man. I enjoy that. In fact, the Bible talks about men loving to be men, but I enjoy being a man. And why women are asking because phone conversations can be over in 30 seconds. And a five day holiday requires only one suitcase. And when clicking through the channels, you don't have to stop at every Shot of somebody crying on TV, and guys in hockey masks don't attack you unless you're playing hockey. (laughs) And George Clooney doesn't live in our universe. (laughs) And car mechanics tell men the truth, and you can admire Clint Eastwood without starving yourself to look like him. And gray hair and wrinkles add only character to men. And if another guy shows up at a party in the same outfit, that you're wearing, you just might become lifelong best friends. (laughs) Quite a difference, isn't it? It's not easy being a dad, though. One cynic, speaking from his own experience, noted that children go through four fascinating stages. They first call you dada, then they call you daddy, and as they mature, they call you dad, and then they call you "collect." Now, I'm not going to ask you to show your hand, but how many received a collect call? Just <laughs> hand up in your spirit, all right? Sand and stars, folks, is based on the story of a man named Abram who was living a dream in his heart. And his dream, his sand and stars, was that he would have a family that would become a great big tribe of people. They would have faith in God, serve God, fill the earth, be large in number. And they would be like the sand of the sea and the stars in the sky, innumerable in number. So sand and stars. So Abraham's dreaming. He dreamed a long time, probably over 25 years. And his dream had a promise from God that he would have a powerful and a lasting legacy that would impact the world for generations. And if you're a Christ follower today, how many we have in the house? Come on, raise your hand. How many we have? Come on. Then you're a son and a daughter of Abraham. We are the dream that God placed in his heart. We are his dream has come true. Abraham's dream has become a reality. For he is the father of tenacious and ambitious and God-confident people who are walking by faith and not by sight. So reach over and touch your neighbor on the arm and say, you are sand and stars. Say it to him, And say, we are a dream come true. Many years, Abraham and his wife Sarah had no children, and then As most of you know, Isaac was finally born. He was born when Abraham was a 100 years old, folks. A 100. I got a long time to live. And Sarah was 90. And Abraham was crazy about Isaac. Can you imagine? You're a dad and you've waited years and then this little guy or little girl comes along and they fulfill all the hopes and dreams that embodies the promise you feel like you had from God. Can you imagine? And then... Something bizarre happens. And that's where I want to go in the text today, in Genesis chapter 22. It's so unreal, it's surreal. Genesis 22 said sometime later, God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here am I. And God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain that I will show you. Now what some of you may not understand is that Isaac was 25 years old when this happened. He was not a kid, he was a grown man. And Abraham was 125 years old for he, he saw the boy born when he was 100. Now, if I'm Abraham, I'm wanting to ask questions and I don't know if you know this yet, but God doesn't always offer explanations when he gives you a word. In fact, most of the time, God just speaks in sound bites. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I've never heard God say, okay, I'm gonna write you a paragraph, Rex. He never does that. But he'll put a word in my heart. He'll put a a song in my step. He'll say stuff like go and come and stay and wait. And tomorrow, this afternoon, I bless you. Those kind of things come just a little bit at a time. And many times, we as people want explanations. We want whole sentences. We want somebody to write us a 2,500 word essay. But I love this verse, verse three. Here's what it said. Early the next morning, Abraham got up. He got up. Everybody say he got up. And then it says a few more things, but basically it says he set out for the place that God had appointed him to go. Early the next morning, that means no hesitation. He didn't wait for the middle of the day. He didn't wait to think about it, to dawdle it with his mind. He said there's no hesitation. There's no pause. He gets up, he's obedient, he's walking by faith and he's saying, God, I don't get you. Another man said that one time that wrote the first book in the Bible, a man named Job. You confuse me, God, but God, you're God and I'm not. And if you're here this weekend and you're a dreamer, if you have God inspired hopes and dreams and visions, faith pictures in your heart for your future, here's what I want you to think of first. If you're writing and take notes, write this down. Are you ready? I'm gonna show you something. If you're a dreamer and you've got faith and you've got hopes in those dreams, you have to go all in. Come on, somebody say amen to that. You can't be half-hearted. For sand and stars, somebody shout all in. in. Say it all in, by the way, God is on the commanding end of this thing in Genesis 22, but I wanna remind you what God did later. The Bible said in John 3, 16, God so loved the world, watch this now, that he gave his only begotten son. Are you with me? Somebody shout all in. in. Somebody say God is all in for the world. Come on. It wasn't just, well, I'd like to see that happen, but I wanna hold on You know, to the flesh, I wanna hold on to my son, I wanna hold on. No, 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 he is all in. Somebody in this house Today needs to leave here shouting I'm all in if God has given you a dream if God has given you a sand and stars you need to walk out of here saying I'm not going to be half-baked I'm not going to be almost persuaded I'm not going to be somebody that's going to have to be proved that God has got something in my life for me I'm going all in come on say it all in see Christ loved the church and he gave himself for it he went all in Acts 20 says, take heed therefore unto yourself and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased, What's this, with his own blood. You know, the church is the only thing that the Lord didn't create. He purchased it. He purchased the, the, his church with his own blood. So folks, you're sitting in a place today that God just didn't speak into existence. He purchased this with his own blood. And I think we ought to clap our hands to a savior. To our heavenly father come on now come on and say thanks for going all in thank you for going all in this church was his future see god has a problem i think i think god really does he has a problem with half-hearted effort he really really does when i played sports back a long time ago and i don't even like to talk about it because i wasn't that good but when i played i had deceptive speed i was slower than i looked But, but I remember when, when, when I would play ball, played little basketball, and, 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 and when somebody would miss a free throw in practice, we had to run sprints. We had to run from the baseline about to the top of the key, then back to the baseline and do it again and do it again. And we were, and we'd look at each other and say, why did you miss the free throw? And it was because he missed the free throw, we had to do all of that. And then when somebody would miss a tackle in football or somebody would break a long run, we'd all have to run wind sprints. And they were not just from the baseline to the, free, to the top of the free throw circle. They were 100-yard dashes. And I thought it was pitiful. I thought it was inhumane. And I wanted to sue the school, but I, I didn't know how to do it, you know. But it was unreal. But coaches would not take half-hearted efforts. I remember one day we was playing a team and. And, and, and I was in junior high and they rocked us pretty good. And this kid running into the end zone and one of our players was the last man that he could have made the tackle. He really could have made the tackle. He just turned his back and walked away and the kid ran by him. And all oh, the next day it was unbelievable. So I'm looking at coaches and I'm saying, you know, coaches don't like half-hearted effort. They really don't. They don't appreciate that. People that go see concerts and they see these fabulous musicians perform, they don't want to see half-hearted efforts. What we love today was our horns around here. Did you enjoy the horns today? Wasn't those guys good? And, and, it, and, it's, and, they're, and, and, and it's spanky in our gang is who it is. That's spanky, that's spanky in our gang. And I went back and I said, you guys need to be in our church all the time. And they said, just set us up, pastor. We'll be here. We love the church. But what I'm trying to say is that you loved what you heard today because they gave it all they had. And I think with everything that's in my life today, I must tell you that if you're a dreamer, if you have dreams in your life, you cannot be lackadaisical. You have to go all in. Come on, you've got to give it all you have. You've got to push all you can push. You've got to do all you can do to make that dream come true. God does not bless half-hearted efforts. I love the man Joshua in the Old Testament. He stood up one day in a town meeting. And in a season when people around him were living half-hearted, confused, and indecisive lives, and he announces to all of his friends and coworkers and his neighbors, he said, okay, okay, all right, all right, here we go. He was the first Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right, y'all sit down. And he said, these people are saying this, and these people are saying that, and those people are saying that opinion, those people have that opinion. But he said, sit down, I don't want you to hear me right now. As for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. Come on, somebody clap your hands. I think that's a great summer declaration from every dad and every mom in the house. As for me and my house, let's say it. We will serve the Lord. Clap your hands real big and rejoice in that. In other words, in other words, pastor, there's not gonna be many weeks, even in the summer, you're not gonna see me around here. And I'm going to be a giver to the church. And next month, I'm going to still be around here. And I'm going to be a giver. And next year, I'm going to be around here. I'm going to be a giver. Because I have determined for the rest of my life that this is something I need to do every Sunday morning for an hour and five minutes. I need to be in the house of the Lord every time I can. Clap your hands real big and say, I'm all in. Come on, I'm all in. I love David. David was a man after God's own heart. You know why he was? Because he chased God's heart. He made some mistakes, he messed up, but he was after God's heart. He was after his heart and he said this one day, one thing have I desired and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, all the days of my life. I wanna be in God's house. I believe David was the kind of man when company came, And they came to see him at the kingdom. He said, Guys, just a minute. I'll be back in about 15 or 20 minutes. I've got to go to the house of God. I have a little prayer time because David said seven times a day will I praise him. Here's what I want to declare. I want to declare to everybody in this house, that you need to put yourself all into this thing called stars and uh, sand and stars. You need to open up your heart and say, God, I have done this in the world. i pushed myself here. But Lord, I've kind of let you be lax in my life. But this summer, I'm going all in. Come on. I'm going all in. I'm going all in. I'm going all in. Colossians said it this way. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. You have to work at it. Everybody say, work at it. You know... I love my girls, and I know y'all love my family. Y'all know my kids, my oldest girls, my office manager, and, and uh, she's the one that survived the accident in Dallas. And then Patty and I were married, and, and, and God gave us Cast and God gave us Caitlin. And, and, and those girls are all grown now, and, and I, I'm proudest today as a father because my girls love God, number one, and because they love church, number two. And because they love their pop, they love their daddy. Oh, they love their daddy. I can't wait till tonight. I don't want them to come over before the U.S. Open is off, though. But every Sunday night when our girls grew up and got married, every Sunday night, we have just made this thing. We work at it, folks. We Colossians 3 and 23, we work at this thing. My wife said, we're having family night. We're going to have family night. And if your family is close to you, if your family's in town, and I know some people can't have what we have, but we made up our minds that every Sunday night we were gonna bless our children. My wife with a meal, me with a few words and perhaps some prayer. But we're gonna bless our kids because we want God to know. We want God to know that we're all in in this thing called family. And if I, if I go to heaven and I don't have my kids with me, I don't know how I'm gonna feel about it for a little while, but I want my family saved. And I declare to this audience today, I declare to you on this Sunday morning, Father's Day, and mom, I'm including you, we need as parents to go all in in our family. We need to say, kids, we've got a place that we can go to church that we just really enjoy. Y'all come, you'll love the music and put up with the preaching for about 25 minutes and we'll have a good time but I want you to go all in, in your life with God and in your life with your family. Say amen to that. Amen. Say amen to that. And then yesterday when I left home to come and prepare and finish my preparation, I write my messages. They, come, they, they, they formulate on Thursday. I write them on Friday and then I, then I get them in my spirit on Saturday. So it's a three-day process. And I know sometimes it doesn't sound like it's a three-day process. It sounds like I just kind of rushed it together, but it's really not. But I, I left the house and I said, Patty, I want to tell you something. I said, I want to tell you something. I said, if I, if I ever not love what I'm doing right now, going and preparing, because I love, to, I love to lock myself in the office, I love to study, I love to prepare for you people. I said, if I ever not love what I'm doing, just tell me to leave ministry because I want God to know I'm all in. Come on, I'm all in. Come on, I'm all in, let's go, let's go. Come on, clap your hands real big, we're all in. We're all in, we're all in, we're all in in with family. We're all in with God, come on, we're all in. Come on, clap your hands real big, we're all in. And the second thing I wanna talk to you about is simply this, you're not created to play it safe. You're not created to play it safe. All around Austin, we have lakes, marinas, where boats are docked. And if you were to walk up and down those docks, you'll see all kinds of boats. You'll see small boats, rowboats, kayaks. You'll see sailboats, motorboats, yachts. I don't have one of them. But I have a little tripoon and we do that because it's family. We want our grandkids to grow up loving family and loving God. I'm, I'm a little emotional today. But none of these boats that you see in the harbor are built for the harbor. None of them. The harbor is the safest place for them to be, but they belong out on the water. That's where a boat belongs. They belong and they're built for the wind. They're built for crossing the waves, for going somewhere. And you're the same way. You're not built for the harbor. You're really not. And I want to encourage young couples here today. I just want to encourage you. I I don't want to sound harsh, but I want to encourage you. I dedicated, I put oil on 36 babies' heads last Sunday over next door in the third service. Go ahead and clap. That's good. That's good. Go ahead and clap. That's awesome. That's a whole, that's a whole, a whole new family, a whole new crop. And Sunday school teachers are going, oh my God, we got 36 more. But I told those kids last Sunday, and I'm telling you today, if you brought your baby back today, I'm going to share something with you. There's not a greater place in all the world on Sunday to bring your babies And some of you, some of your moms, some of your dads, you know, you think you got to hunker down. You just get that hunker down spirit. You know, I'm going to get in the harbor. I'm going to hunker down. No, 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 no. As soon as that baby is able, I'm preaching now. I'm a daddy, but I'm also a pastor. That baby needs to know what it is to walk in this house. And if you can keep this baby in this house and not take it to the nursery, and if she cries, take her to the nursery, please. (laughs) But that baby needs to know what the presence of God feels like at an early age. That baby needs to know what the presence of God is at an early age. And when you train up that child in the way it should go when he's old, he will not depart from it. I declare, it's not time when you're having children to hunker down in the harbor and say, no, I don't think we're gonna have anybody over except maybe I got one or two friends and my husband's got one buddy and that's all. We're just gonna hunker down and just play it safe. You can't do that. You've got to open up your spirit and say, you know what? We're going to take our kids and let our kids be raised in the house of God where the presence of God can change their lives on any given Sunday. Can I preach right now a little bit? Hallelujah. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. I remember when I was a kid. I was a kid going to church and and, and I'd, I'd, I'd play hard and, And we had long church back in those days. We had long church. God, we had long church. And I'm not a proponent of long church. And if you're a proponent of long church, I'm sure there's churches that go five hours and hallelujah. I'm not saying go find it. Just come come back here five times, okay? But mom and dad used to put me under the front pew when I'd go to sleep, they'd put me in the front pew and let me sleep under the front pew. And I remember going to sleep in church, but I also remember waking up in church and going back to sleep in church and waking up in church again and asking daddy, is it over yet? But here I am today because dad and mom didn't mind me sleeping in church because I was a hard playing kid, but they raised me in the house of God You can't play it safe, listen to me. The world is after your children. The world is after your your, your offspring. They want them in their life. And we've got to say no to that and yes to this. Because God is the greatest thing you can ever put in your children's lives. I don't care if they're three or 13, come on. It's time to get out and go. Get out of the harbor and let your children experience Jesus in their life for themselves. I've gotta hurry, I've gotta hurry. There's people who've been hurt by somebody emotionally and they'll tell you things like, that's why I don't go to church, that's why I don't wanna interact with people, that's why I keep to myself. So I'll put on the screen, why, really, why? Are you gonna let somebody that hurt you keep you out of the presence of God? Are you gonna let somebody that said something wrong about you keep you out of the presence of God? Are you gonna let somebody that lied on you keep you out of the presence of God? Let me tell you something, as a pastor, I've been lied on a few times, but I promise you there's nothing greater than walking in the presence of God and understanding that God is still my fortress and he's still my rock and he's still my shield and he's still my sword and there's nothing, oh, I'm just preaching right, there's nothing like having church in your life. Come on, there's nothing like having church. You know what you need to do? If you're hurt like that, you need to go back to the harbor, that's us, and get yourself repaired and then get back on the open waters. You need to go back to the harbor and get yourself fixed up and get back where you belong because God has meant for you to be out there with people that need what you have in your life and you can change lives outside of this church. Will somebody help me preach right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, life is gonna be unpredictable, yes, yes. The world is a wild and scary place and yes, you're going to face resistance and adversity and there's going to be winds, there's going to be storms, but there's going to be all kinds of challenges, but you're not created to play safe. You're designed to be, live a life of vision and I've got to hurry. So we're designed to be big thinking. We're designed to be risk-taking. We're designed to be faith-filled people living our lives in a place of confidence and faith that God is with us and God is for us. So I say, bring on the wind and bring on the waves. Come on, we're built for this. Now there's two things I want to say and then I'm going to close today. Two things I want to say. I got about three more minutes here. Maybe four. Perhaps five. I got the clock right here and I I obey the clock. This says six six minutes and 10 seconds. So I'm going to go with this. Everybody say, we're not here to condemn the world. Say we're not here to condemn it. We're here to make a difference in the world. When you walk out of here today and you go to a restaurant today, you ought to be the happiest person in the restaurant. It's like the old old boy that ran into some sour-mouthed religious people and uh, they were unfriendly. They didn't have anything good to say about anybody. And he said, you know, I used to wonder why I drank, and now I don't wonder when I see you people. He said, I'd rather take this, a chance on this anytime than try to hang around y'all and have that kind of attitude. We need to bring joy. I I went to a place the other day, I went to a little breakfast place the other day with some of my friends after the wedding of, of, of Russ and Steph's baby girl, and I went, and there's this little girl, this little old girl that was there. And we had to wait 40, 45 minutes. It's a breakfast place here in us We had to wait a long time. And, and so they call the other family's name. And so here we get up to go in. And when we get up to go in, she says, Pastor Rex. I had no clue who she was. <laughs> and if you're here today, honey, come see me. And just come see me. I want to make sure I get a name right. Because I want to seek quicker next time when I come to your place. <laughs> but... People are looking at you, they're watching you, they know who you are, they know what you represent. And we're not here to condemn the world, we're here to impress and touch the world and bring the world to Jesus. This is what sand and stars does, amen? And number two, we're we're not here to be mad at the world. We're not here to be mad at the world. not here to be mad at the world. I heard a man one time preaching on joy and everybody knew he had a problem with anger. And I, and I punched somebody sitting next to me. I said, before he gets through preaching on joy, he's gonna be mad at us. And it was at a conference, and I promise you, he got, the, he got some mad at us preaching on joy. Let me tell you something. If you get mad preaching on joy, you need some more of that joy in your life. Everybody say joy. joy. Say Jesus. Jesus. Others. Others. You. you. Come on, it's Jesus first. We're not here to condemn the world, we're not here to make the world mad. We're not here to make the world mad. We're not mad at the world. I want to give you a quick story that I'm going to close. Four college uh, classmates, 2008, asked himself why eyeglasses cost so much and why they can't be ordered online. So I think it started when they were in college together and one of them was on a, a backpacking trip and lost his glasses and they needed their glasses really bad. And so they had some school stuff, projects coming up and they were trying to figure out how, to, how do I get glasses And they realized that, man, the process and the cost of all that, and they just started questioning it. That was 2008. Now, watch this. 2010, they opened up their online company. It's called Warby Parker. Those glasses are called Warby's today. You can order them online. And in 2015, five years later, they were over a billion-dollar company. Now, watch this. Billion-dollar company. Not 50 years, but five years. Five years. They dared to dream. They really did. A lot of people today, because of their dream, how better, less expensive, faster access to quality glasses. So as a church, you with me, we're here to let people know that even though we all come from a long line of sinners and a family tree of sinners who goof up, screw up, mess up, I don't know if you've thought about this, but none of us chose to be born sinners, but we were. And I don't know if you ever thought about it that or not, but we just are, we're sinners. So often people look at God's people and they look at the church and they think, well, these are those people who think they're perfect. No, we don't. Say it, no, we don't. But we understand at Christian Life Austin that we had a savior who was perfect, that died for us and nailed our sins to a cross so that we could come into relationship with him and we could claim him as our own. Because I promise you, everybody I've ever met is all just a little bit pitiful. My mom used to tell me, Everybody on the earth, son,'s a little bit pitiful, and said, And son, you're a little bit pitiful. In fact, sometimes you're a whole bunch pitiful. But I want to tell the whole world today, and I want this summer to be this kind of summer, that when we walk through the streets, and when we go downtown, and when we go to places to eat, I want everybody to recognize that we are different. Because there's a joy. We are sand and stars. We are people that have Abraham's seed in us. And we belong in the church of the living God. Come on, clap your hands and rejoice today. Rejoice today. Rejoice today. The Bible said if a man gains the whole world, loses his soul, what has it profited him? That's a good statement. We need people to see Jesus in us. Come on. We don't need to hunker down in the harbor. We need to get out there on the wind and on the waves and the wind and let people see the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. And I promise you, everywhere you go, somebody's there. Somebody's there that has seen you and knows that you're a child of God. So why don't this summer, why don't we sand in stars, everybody? Listen, if the Parker or Warby boys can make Warby's, in five years become a billion dollar business, I think in the next five years of this congregation, you're going to see some of the most dramatic growth that you've ever witnessed in your life. Because God Almighty, come on, clap your hands real big. God Almighty can do things so quickly and so beautifully and so wonderfully that you're going to be mind boggled because God is in it. And we are his sand and his stars and we honor him today. Would you lift your hands and clap them over your head like this right here? Come on, come on, come on. Randy, if you'll join me, I thank you for that. I've got two minutes. Everybody stand. I, uh, I want to share the end of this story with you. Have you ever wondered why God told Abraham to take his son and offer him as a sacrifice? In other words, burn him on an altar. Burn him. Burn him on an altar. There's, in, in, the, in, the, in the dictionary that I studied, the Bible dictionary that I studied, there was at least 50 false gods, 50 in the day that Abraham was on the earth. 50 false gods, I'm almost done. Stay with me. You need to hear this. And one of those gods was Molech, M-O-L-E-C-H, Molech. And Molech was the god of fire. He was a false god of fire. And the parents of children in those days would sacrifice their kids, make them walk through a fire to show their love for the God of fire. And many of them didn't make it. Many of them were burned and destroyed. Their life was forever changed, but they sacrificed their kids in fire. And so Abraham was asked by God or told by God, I want you to sacrifice your your son because he was saying this, can you show me you love me more or as much as those people love those false gods? And Abraham went up and had the knife. God never intended for him to take his boy's life. He just wanted to see what he loved the most, his dream or his God. The dream was on the altar His God was calling the shots. And you listen to me, please listen. It doesn't matter what happens in your life. You better stay in love with Jesus Christ because he's greater than any dream. He instills the dreams in us. And when things don't go just right, he's still Lord. And when things get bogged down, he's still Lord. And when things go bump in the night, he's still Lord because he is over everything. Everybody say, he is above all, through all, and in us all. There's nobody like our God. There's nobody like our God. And I love him completely. I love him completely. And I promise you, I promise you that if you'll walk through this summer saying I'm sand and stars, and Jesus went to the cross and died for me, and I'm gonna shed his love and show his his properties to everybody I know and I'm gonna be a part of the kingdom of God every day of my life. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Father, I thank you for these precious people today. I thank you for the love that they have for you to show up here on Father's Day on Sunday morning. Sanding stars, sand and stars. God, we love you. You want a whole heart, you want wholehearted effort. You really do. And I admire that, God, because I give everything I have every Sunday and every Monday and Tuesday. I want all, I want everything you have for me. And God, I surrender myself again today to you in Jesus' name. Lift your hands while your heads are still bowed. Lift your hands and repeat this after me. Dear Jesus, I love you. And I have dreams. And I have ambitions. And I have goals. And sometimes... I don't know if I'm gonna attain them, but I want you to know that I love you above everything that I've ever dreamed, that I've ever planned, that I ever thought about. You're foremost in my life. You're king of my heart, and I love you today, and I want this to be my best summer ever. In Jesus' name, Amen. Clap your hands all over the building right now. Sand and stars. I love you. I love you.